Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Off the Hook, airing on OffTheHookSports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. The Off the Hook podcast at OffTheHookSports.com or Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or wherever you go for your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Off the Hook with Dave Hooker starts now. Tennessee's most important incoming players today as this is chalk talk brought to you by alice nest barbecue and steve ray's midnight oil they're a michelin distributor i want you to hit that subscribe button i want you to hit like so we can bring you more tennessee and sec content i want you to chris landry's website as well landryfootball.com and learn more about college the nfl and even recruiting so Tell you more about Alice Ness Barbecue and Steve Ray's Midnight Oil in just a second. But uh, first, Chris, this is a Tennessee roster that is going to depend on the transfer portal in terms of taking a next step about as much as anybody in the nation. I know South Carolina has a Spencer Rattler. I know other transfers are key at other schools. But really, with what, what Tennessee needs – they're depending on transfers of, uh, about as much as any prominent program in the nation. Hey, listen, absolutely. If you think about if you're going to bring in a transfer, it's kind of like what you looked at bringing in junior college guys, but even more so with transfers. They better have an impact. Now, it doesn't mean that they have to lead the nation at a certain position, but they have to have an impact. Maybe they're like – your dime back. Maybe they're your, you know, your third linebacker, your fourth linebacker. Maybe they're an A special team, or maybe they're their swing tackle. I mean, it doesn't have to be even a like an elite starter, but they have to have an impact, or you just wasted, you know, you could have taken that scholarship and developed a younger guy um, down the road. So, I mean, to me, Brew McCoy is the guy that comes to mind the most, and he's the guy that's had the most uh, tumultuous background with uh, Texas to USC to, you know, uh, back to, you know, USC to Texas, back to USC, then suspended now to Tennessee. You know, he's going to have to has everything, you know, his head straight. And he, to me, can be an impact player with his size, with his speed, with his skill set to be a great receiver. I mean, he has number one receiver talent that would give Tennessee 
two number one receivers. And the definition of a number one receiver is not the best receiver on your team, folks. A definition of a number one receiver is a guy that dictates coverage, meaning you have to adjust your coverages because that guy's in the game. If Brew McCoy can do what his talent level suggests, they will have two number one guys, which would just open up everything. So I think he's you know, really the key because this team is built around offense. It's built around the passing game. Got another big receiver that has got versatility. Uh, It's tremendous impact. Uh, Beyond that, I think the, um, uh, the corner from Ohio of Ohio state uh, Turrentinian is, is somebody that needs to help in the secondary. I think Walker uh, from Georgia tech who can, I think help them some at safety again, sub packages at least, I think um, they need to have some help, and we'll see health and everything. Uh, Jackson Hanna is a guy at linebacker that I think could be somebody that can uh, that can help. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, uh, I don't expect somebody like a, a Charlie um, Brewer to have much of an impact yet. He's a kid from Central Florida. And I don't know, I'm curious to see if Mincy, the, uh, the offensive tackle from Florida, might not be able to help at least be in the two deep. Um, that's kind of how I uh, I kind of see see that. We'll see how it, it plays out on those. Well, and the opportunities that definitely there in the secondary. I mean, the opportunities there for McCoy on offense, but we we broke down Tennessee's defense as, as well uh, in Chalk Talk that you can check out on our YouTube page. But, you know, ultimately they're pretty good up front. But that defensive secondary could use a couple of more playmakers in there. No question about that. That's a big need for them. Um, And again, at least in the sub packages where, you know, if you're playing a lot of five, six defensive backs, look, that's basically a starter position. You know, it's not like you look at a depth chart and say, well, starting corner. Well, you got three starting corners. I mean, that's football today. You, You playing three corners. Um, and one less linebacker for probably 58% of your snaps in Tennessee's defense, more than that. But I'm talking in anybody. So you better have three starters and you better have guys that can line up in the dime package and even go to seven defensive backs that can do something for you. Go down in the box and defend the run, maybe uh, cover a tight end or, or back out of the backfield, yet be physical enough to be able to force inside set the edge. Uh, those are, those are things you're looking for. No question about it. As far as Tennessee's uh, secondary, when you look back at them last year, how gelled were they as a unit? Because sometimes we forget that that, that was Josh Heupel's first year and the defensive coaches first year. So how, how did they improve over the course of the season or did they? I think a little bit. I mean, I think, you know, um, Flowers is a really good hitter. I mean, I think he can – he's good on the ball, and I think he's really good. Now, I I thought Jackson played pretty well um, at the star position. So, you know, it wasn't all bad, and yet, you know, you look at it, and there's some things from a personnel standpoint you wonder, all right, look, another year experience, but they got probably more question marks this year than last year because there's some unknowns. Now – uh, look, McCullough led the team with, uh, I think, I think he had three, three or four picks 
and but he's really good tackler. Uh, and I think the corners is what we kind of alluded to. That's the I don't call it concern, but it's the biggest question mark. I think they've got some answers. That's why they went in it in the transfer portals. That has to be your answers. You just mentioned that's the best opportunity for those guys to have an impact. They better have an impact. If they don't have a positive impact, they're not going to be better. In fact, they may be worse because the personnel is, is, you know, they lost a couple of key guys. But I, they've got a couple of guys that I like and a couple of guys coming in that I think can help. So I think that along with better play up front, you know, the, you know, pressure picks, right? I mean, so if you get better pressure, your secondary has less time to cover. So I don't think we can dismiss the play up front and how it's going to affect the play in the back and vice versa because they all work off one another. So the goal is to improve all three levels of the defense, but particularly the, the pass rush, the front, and the back end. I want to go back to Brew McCoy for a second. So mm-hmm. if he lives up to his billing or even close, Chris, as far as Tennessee, we, we know uh, – what you're going to get out of Cedric Tillman as far as best duo of receivers in the nation, just those one, two, which I know everybody plays three and four now, but as far as a duo, when you look at those, how would they stack up with the rest of the the country? It, 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 the key thing is if Brew McCoy can do what I thought he came out of high school, potentially could do it. All I could say is it would be up there. I mean, Look, I mean, Ohio State had four of them. year before, two years ago, Alabama had four of them that were just elite. Um, These two guys with size and speed would be really, really unique. So in terms of a duo, you you could put them up there in terms of just natural talent getting off the bus pretty high, pretty doggone high. But it's just all about Brew McCoy, who's really done – nothing production-wise relative to his ability. You would think this is – came here, it's a great opportunity. I mean, I you know, know he loved the visit and all that stuff. Let's call it what it is. They're going to throw it a million times. He's going to catch a bunch of balls. He's got a chance to resurrect his career. Now, you know, things didn't work well at USC. You know, they fired a coach there. They had, they had problems there. They weren't well coached. They weren't well organized. There's a lot of things there. The suspension, the the attitude, the work ethic issues, that's what got him suspended, you know. Um, and, and so the maturity level has got to be there. But, you know, to your point, the question is strictly if he can be what he is, he's a, he's a special talent. And I think they've got two guys, would have two guys with special talent that's awfully difficult to match up against. Last thing, if they're one of those, and again, Chalk Talk brought to you by Owl's Nest Barbecue. Owl's Nest Barbecue has everything you need in terms of barbecue, whether it's the pellets, whether it's the wood chips, the sauce, the rubs, and Steve Ray's Midnight Oil of Proud Michelin distributor. So if, if ultimately you had to pick one guy that's transferred and that will have the biggest impact in that secondary, who would it be? Out of the Turrentines to the world. I, I, I would probably go Turrentine and Walker in that order. And I think both at corner and safety playing two positions, but probably in that order. Um, I think Turrentine has to be 
in my opinion, a really good starting corner for them. And I think he, he will be, uh, but I think it's a must. So I, I would say he is going to have the biggest opportunity than Walker. So I would think both are going to have an impact, but I put them in that order to answer your question. It'll be interesting to see what, what Tennessee is, is able to do. And with these incoming guys, um, were you ever in a position, I want to use Juco as a slight comparison, not an exact comparison, but were you ever in a position in your coaching career where you brought in a big group of junior college players, kind of like Tennessee is bringing in transfer players? And how do you manage team chemistry when you have that sort of influx? Of- well, I think you have. It, it starts with good leadership in the locker room, and I think it, it also – uh, starts even earlier in the recruiting process. One of the reasons why we spend a lot of time with, with you have good team leaders and, and understand the locker room, you want to have them spend some time and the teammates spend time with these guys on the recruiting trip. Now, you're not going to get to know everything about a player in a weekend visit, but they, particularly today, they do this even more, but I was always big in Hey, Dave, how about giving Andre a call? How about giving this guy a call? Get to know him. Talk with him. Get to – I – what I try to do is empower guys to say, you're going to be a big part of why they come or don't come. And you're a big part on, is he a fit with us? Um, you don't know ever with 100% certainty, but you need to know to answer your question both in the recruiting process. And if you've got a guy that you get a feel that is real interested, and, and, and so how do you know? Well, you don't know 100%, but here's what you do know. you got a guy coming in for a visit. Of course he's going to want to see the sights and sounds and campus and all of that. But if it's always, if he's always kind of focusing on that or turning the subject to that, um, as opposed to somebody that's asking a lot of questions about the coaching staff and about the scheme and about the style and how do you practice. And uh, you want guys more like the latter, that, that they're coming for that reason. Because if you're coming to just party, well, that doesn't do anything for the football team. Partying no. and being a student and being having fun time is a part – something wrong with them if they they don't like that but boy when you get down and you talk ball coaches will ascertain that the players are talk a little bit about that um with them and you get a feel for it so i think you should have that in hand before the guy comes in um and if he does you know you got a good feel for it i think it's a lot easier to transition if a guy is just this type of guy I'm not going to mention the guy's name, but, you know, I had a coach that sold me on a player when I was at LSU. He needed a corner, and this was a high school kid. I didn't have a good feeling about it. Uh, nothing, nothing, not casting dispersions on the state. A lot of good players, but kid from a state of New Jersey, and, and I've recruited players from that state like him. This kid, I just didn't see him. Oh, yeah, God. You know, fifth grade, never fit in. It just was a gut feeling, you know. Um, I think you gotta, you gotta have a, you you do have a good feel for that when a guy comes in. But but sometimes you sometimes you miss on guys. There's some guys, some guys change. 
we didn't have a lot of transfers. Transfers wasn't a big thing. The right. the one that the one that got away, the one that I wanted, we had a situation. You for your listeners and you will remember the late great George Allen, the great mm-hmm. Redskin coach, Rams coach. Right. Many people forget that George coaching was in his blood. When he was retired and in his seventies, he was the head coach at Long Beach State. In wow. Long Beach State, I'm gonna drop football. And so I, and this, again, this is something you do all the time now. So when I kind of got an indication of that, I really started to scout Long Beach State's players because I wanted to see if we can get somebody to transfer. And so I talked with um, with a, um, a couple of um, guys, and I had talked to Coach Allen known a little bit about him through some of my NFL stuff that I was doing part-time at the time. And I actually sent Long Beach State a player one time. They had a player. In fact, it may remember. Do you remember Harvey Williams? Yes. Running back at LSU. He had a brother who was not the, the, the genes didn't quite mesh as well for Darrell as, as it did Harvey, <laughs> but he's a good, he's a good player, a bigger back. I had sent him a year ago. Um, I recommended him. He they called and he put me on in a staff room and it was a joke. And he says, uh, I tell everybody you're related to Tom Landry, right? And I said, No, no, coach, I'm not. But anyway, so we sent him there. So I had a good relationship. And uh I said, Coach, I, I know here the it's tough, you know, they're 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 gonna drop the program. I'm sorry about all that. I want your running back. I really do. And uh, we recruited him very, very hard. He was the guy that I liked the most. And uh, there were a couple of other players I thought could play, but I wanted him. And so we recruited him really, really hard. And uh, we didn't get him. He went to Georgia. It was Terrell Davis. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. They did a really good job. And uh, Bob Pitter did a good job there at Georgia convincing him to go. He, he loved Athens, which I understood. And they, they quite frankly, Georgia had much better facilities and set up than we had at LSU. We were at the time offices in the stadium, three, four coaches end on office. It wasn't really, we were getting beat by in some of the recruiting by Florida state and other folks, but uh, the running back I liked a lot. It was Terrell Davis and people think of him as the Georgia running back, but he was from out West and he was a Long Beach State kid, and they got him. But anyway, at least I was on the trails of the right guy. The evaluation was correct. The recruiting, yeah, yeah not so much. Good, good eval. Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. We'll talk to you next week.